Talmor, Sheshin Mugachi. Talmor is my home. My family have worked the land for generations. My grand says the island does not belong to us, but we belong to the island. And we must be ready for a great evil is coming. And death follows with it. Listen and subscribe to the latest season of Undertow, The Harrowing, a story glass production presented by Realm, available wherever you get your podcasts. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Welcome to Fropow. We're your hosts, Auden Rags. Um, this week we have a very special treat in which we interview. Why are you laughing? <laughs> special treat. You are a special treat. <laughs> it is the best treat. Um, this beautiful, luxurious snack that's sitting across from me. Um, my partner Tyler. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and <laughs> sorry, we're gonna have to redo this. <laughs> no, let's leave that as the beautiful, luxurious snack. He is. That's definitely something you've called me before. Definitely yeah, absolutely. Not brand new. So, we um, interview Tyler about um, what it's like to be in a relationship um, with someone who struggles with mental health and other chronic health issues, and sort of talking about things that he and I have learned in our relationship, um, and about some tools that, uh, we have gathered along the way. And I think it's pretty interesting, but I'm a little biased. So, Huff Lay Puff, Tyler. Ty guy. Nope. <laughs> Tell us about yourself. That's all. Yeah. That's this whole podcast. This is, we, this is the question that we start every episode with. You are supposed to be our number one supporter, Tyler. Mm-hmm. Yep. You're That's following- exactly what this is. Yep. Um, <laughs> I don't know if anyone else can hear the palpable <laughs> uncomfortableness <laughs> in his voice, but it's very visible. That's <laughs> no, not visible at all. Um, so. Okay. I won't look at you. Should, should I, I try. Just talk okay, about you. Give, give us like a brief is, summation. My name is Tyler. Um, I am. Your social security number. I, yep. I, <laughs> your date of birth. My, uh, your mother's maiden name. I am name. the partner of Odd here. Uh, so I'm, I'm very familiar with them and <laughs> I'm friends with Rags as well. Um, I am myself a, a, P, a PhD a student at Yale University. I study uh, the Middle East, uh, the Ottoman Empire. I do teaching. I do all sorts of, um, you know, other random things, but mostly it's my dissertation. <laughs> um, and mostly, uh, mostly it's finishing that. And uh, yeah, that's basically like the, I'm from Minnesota. That's the other sort of common thing that I'll bring up constantly. And so I think that's that's covers everything. Okay, so we have one Minnesota and one Ottoman Empire. Yeah, because <laughs> so he hit all the major points. The only other one you're missing is Cap. 
cat. I love cats. Um, <laughs> I take lots of photos of cats. Um, you go hiking with a cat. I go hiking with a cat. Um, I also mentioned not just Minnesota. I mentioned specifically Northern Minnesota as a place of like deep core nostalgia in my life <laughs> that I compare every other forested place in the world with. Um, that's another important. It's, true. Also, it's a high bar to me. I also love uh, particularly Bactrian camels um, as they have two humps and can survive both deserts and cold weather. So they're very versatile. Um, so these are, uh, these are some very important <laughs> the pieces. Coordinate, of, the coordinates. Cord- these, these make up my whole being. <laughs> um, thank you for that. It was very enlightening. Mm-hmm. It gives everyone a very well-rounded picture. Yeah. So we're going to ask you, well, I'm going to ask you an even more awkward question. Tell right. us about your partner. My partner, Odd, as I know them as Jamie, if I may say your government se- name, your government, your, your, you know, secret identity, <laughs> um, is an amazing person. Uh, they're very inspiring and measured and has helped me Don't throughout, you start crying. throughout no, my this life of learning how to, everyday thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm very proud of them all the time. I always mention to anyone that I run into that they play roller derby and they have, they have their own podcast. It's uh, obnoxious to odd that I do that to everyone, but I think it's really cool. I tell all sorts of strangers this. Um, there, uh, we met uh, many moons ago while we we're both young study abroad students in Istanbul and did you know, long distance, all the hard stuff. And uh, they've really helped me grow as a person and I love them very much. I think I might start crying. Yeah, he's real cute. <laughs> You're the cutest. He's Not odd, cute. just you. <laughs> okay. So um, we kind of want to talk about what it's like to be in a relationship with somebody who struggles with mental health. Like, how how is it for you as Audacity's partner when they are living and coping and managing their mental health on a daily basis. I, th- I think one of the things for me is that it's something that, and I, I imagine this happens to most people who get into any relationship with any human being is that you don't really know how to, you know, there's a whole nother person in your life and trying to understand where they're coming from in their perspective and getting out of your own sort of, you know, selfish worldview is something that is difficult. And so that process of learning how to understand and to actually not, sort of dictate, you know, it took me a while to not sort of try to label everything that they were doing as something that just like, I assume that, you know, they were up labeling emotions to what they were going through, but rather listening to them and trying to hear from them of where they're at at different points in time. And that's been something that I think, uh, I think I've been helped out because odd is a social worker and has lots of language about how to actually grow and do this as a person. And so while they've been very, they've been very vocal and aware about their own mental health struggles, which has helped me as a partner to be supportive and aware and know when to basically step back. Cause that was a thing um, early on being in a relationship is very difficult. There's a moment of crisis and you want to do everything that you can to help. And then you sort of are overbearing, you're throwing lots of things at them or gifts or like, I'll do this or that, or that cause you're trying to be like, Oh, there must be one thing I can do to fix something um, rather than sort of the knowing when to step back and when to sort of let them vent, knowing when to let, you know, 
let them go through it when by just trusting them that they're gonna go through it rather than being like i don't trust everything you're saying <laughs> and yeah. so uh that that took a long time uh to get used to that and it's still something that we work on but um it's that's been the sort of biggest shift i guess in um helping like learning how to be with someone who has um anxiety disorder i think also it's really Im- I think important to, and we do this pretty frequently, like reflecting on how our relationship was when we first started <laughs> dating, yeah. um, that, you know, we, they was nine years ago almost. Um, so we were both really different. Yeah. <laughs> um, and just also, I hadn't really come to terms that I, with, the fact that I had like a chronic mental health disorder mm-hmm. or, and I knew I was, had just sort of realized that I had had a very traumatic childhood and I've disassociated from a lot of memories from that time. Um, you know, from when I was born until I like left the house basically. And there's a lot of chunks of my memory <laughs> missing. And so I was starting to sort of uncover those and what that meant to how, and how those things sort of shaped me and how I viewed relationships. And so I think like when we first were together, we like, I literally don't know how we dated because we talked past each other. And like, I, we, I literally don't know. It like must've been like, just, I have no idea. I I think we willed it into existence. I think we talked past each other until there was no more talking past each other right. after several years. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it, it is like you know, everyone changes, everyone grows together. Um, but it's, um, yeah, that was something that I don't know how when, you know, we were, we were both 21 and like so young. <laughs> and so like, I don't, you know, I don't know, like I know I didn't have like the maturity to really work through lots of these things. And also like, learn and grow as myself as a person but we did um but i i feel like those first uh few years strung together were sort of just random happenstance that we stayed together and now it's great i just like (laughs) i just don't know who we were when we were that age (laughs) yeah and i think it is kind of helpful i feel really lucky that you have like i've had a, a partner that has kind of gone through um most of this journey with me um, because I feel like, um, we've been doing a lot of the work like together. Um, and so I think that's helpful versus like someone who might come in in like the middle of something or come in at like the end when you've already like set up sort of your systems. Mm-hmm. Um, so how has therapy helped your relationship like with navigating and supporting your partner? I think like going to therapy together has been something that one even just like personally, while, you know, I feel that like I sort of in the process of destigmatizing going to therapy myself, like for my own mind, I think. Uh, when I, when he, when I was going to therapy, like previous to this, he would always come back and be like, did your therapist tell, tell you to break up with me? Well, we, we know that's, that's the therapist's ultimate goal. So this is, yeah. uh, this, is, this, is, this, is, this is very clear, clear question to ask. Uh, but um, no, I, I think uh, going, um, so, so we've, we've been probably for about a year now, maybe a little bit more, um, going to therapy uh, jointly together and, you know, not 
you know, and the idea of going to therapy as just something as we're all human beings and like this is going to help us grow rather than, oh, there's a crisis moment and we need to go type thing. And that sort of rethinking about what the use of therapy is and how it's just good to have that space in which you can sort of talk it out and have someone that's a trained professional know how to write the ask, ask the right questions, know how to sort of try to give you both the space to vent things that when you're just with each other, it might be hard to do. And so that's helped me sort of try to, you know, reflect on my own anxieties, uh, my own, you know, help. It's helped me a lot, but at the same time also helped to sort of give me a space in which I can hear odds perspectives on things that I think in just a one-on-one -on -one conversation, if we had prompted some of these, the questions that came up in therapy, I wouldn't have been able to listen in the same way that I was in that sort of separate defined space. Yeah, I think that it's been really helpful for us because um, a couple of years ago, I went through like a really serious like bout of depression and um, and it was just when Tyler um, had gone abroad for an extended amount of time. And I, I think I had before that point, I didn't really realize um, how much my mental health impacted him like I could see him really like struggling to be supportive in the right ways and then me getting really angry about it because mm -hmm. you know product product of anxiety um and then it was very it was like a it was a very damaging time I think to our relationship in a lot of ways and I think neither of us really recognized it um and having this therapist she has been really good at talking to us about sort of that that time period, especially um, and talking about sort of what depression might look like and why it in, impacts our relationship and how to like sort of navigate those situations. Mm -hmm. Because I think depression and anxiety, you're really you tend to isolate, obviously, and you can't do that in a relationship um, and like how to be vulnerable and ask for what you need I think that has been really like a a good tool for me at least yeah so I'm gonna go off script now um, oh boy <laughs> get ready um so right now Odd is trying to figure out like stomach and like digestive issues and trying to figure out how to eat properly and this could be a very long like issue to deal with essentially how are you like figuring out because i know that you're both vegetarians mm -hmm. but like odd is much more restrictive now and how are you how are you navigating it to support them and also trying to like maintain yourself yeah it's been frustrating at times i think but <laughs> uh, as it has been for odd in the sense of sort of a very restrictive diet is something mm -hmm. that but you know we cook you know we try not to have, I very rarely will have meals that we cook at home, which we usually cook most of our meals at home for the week mm -hmm. um, that we can share. So it's not like there's going to be like, and this was true even before I became vegetarian two years ago and Jay, Odd's always been vegetarian. So like always at home, we ate vegetarian, whether or not I was eating meat or not. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's how actually it, it became easy for me to transition to become a vegetarian because I was eating meat like once a month because <laughs> it was only when I was like out and in a different place and that became very easy 
to cut it out in my life. Um, and so I feel like for a long time, um, you know, when we go out to eat together, even in the past, we'd always get, usually always try to get things that we can share. Uh, so we can try different things on a menu as like a good, you know, cheat sheet for benefits of being in a partnership. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So (laughs) the the menu hack Um, and uh, that's, you know, and so that's something that we largely continue um, with this new restrictive diet, um, which is, you know, a long process. It's been several years now, essentially, but mostly one really hard year with it. Um, and, you know, going forward, there's going to be more hard years with it because they have no idea what's going on. And so, um, you know, it's, but it's, you know, I'm just trying to be, you know, I try to be supportive, but I also try to not make it like a, like a thing, <laughs> like, oh, look at me, how supportive I am. Look at me and like my great sacrifice. Like, I don't think that way. We're just eating like we've always eat because we like to share food together. Yeah. Um, and we always cook together. So, um, yeah. So I, I don't know if that's. No, I mean, like, answer. <laughs> I know that for my partner and I, she has a much more restrictive diet. Mm-hmm. So we usually try to find a place that she can eat. I can eat more than she can but it does it does make things difficult and it makes like even cooking at home difficult but like if you love your person you're going to figure it out even despite how frustrating it can be yeah but like odd in my love language is food so we're going to figure it out (laughs) so we can feed people (laughs) yeah and and i think the most difficult place for this like in is is as i think for some people in many ways, different parts of the relationship, like travel is always like a stressful because mm-hmm. it's a very different situation than you're used to when you're living with someone. And suddenly there's all these new things that maybe annoy you that you haven't noticed before or, or things like that. And so when we went abroad recently on a trip, like finding, um, you know, finding food that fit the diet was very frustrating. And then when you're like on a trip and you're hungry, <laughs> you know, traveling around, there's all this stress. And I think, you know, we we managed it very well. I think we were fortunate enough to be in a place where there are options like that um, available. But it there there are you know strains on any you know we're all human, uh, but uh, strains on any sort of partnership when when you have those extra layers. And it's all about understanding and understanding. At least for me, knowing that like it's also very difficult for Odd. It's not like easy <laughs> for them too. Really? I thought it was a cakewalk for you. I really hate it. Giving up avocados and eggs and dairy. R.I.P. avocados from my life. Um, Okay, so we all know that Odd goes by they, them, and um, this has been about a year now, almost a year, and you seem to be glowing with this whole, like, coming into yourself and the self-actualization. And I know from what I've heard that Tyler here has been super awesome about it. Um, and I think everybody there, in this room has. Woo-woo. Um, I think there can be a lot. There is a lot to be said about having a partner that is super supportive of exploring sexual and gender identities. Can you talk about that? Yeah, like it, it's something that I think was yeah, I, I know it was a very hard conversation for Todd to have and to come to and to start telling people. And I think something that I remember 
Uh, I remember very early on in our immature stage of our relationship uh, that, uh, you know, we had always said like, oh, we're each our own person. And that was like a very like concrete thing that we kept saying to each other. But it also meant that we like for me, it sort of developed into sort of like we sort of can make decisions for ourselves. We don't need the other person's approval. Like we have a we are allowed to grow in the direction that we're growing to. Um, and so I think that sort of way in which we've grown together allowed it for that that when odd decided to go by they them to become non-binary i didn't decide to become non-binary I, I, <laughs> I came out no 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 it's uh, okay yeah. um and uh it was a it was something that wasn't necessarily a particularly hard conversation at the time for me as the partner um especially because we you know had already been thinking about it in terms of our relationship and not you know degendering many of the things in our lives and you know being uh seeing uh people raising uh children and attempting to have those children be raised in sort of a non-binary way of child rearing yeah <laughs> um, like non-gendered toys yes and all these things and, and so we, we had been thinking about this a lot and so um it you know, it wasn't necessarily a surprise to me um, when they when they came out, and I I also knew how difficult it was going to be for them to um, have that conversation with um, people that might be more resistant to it, and so I knew it was important for me to be very supportive um, in those moments. Um, there were, you know, I think the normal. The anxieties about sort of separating between, you know, does this mean they don't love me because you're sort of conflating sort of gender identity and sexual identity um, in your head when you're just sort of this is coming at you. And so there were anxieties about that because I love Odd a lot and I would be afraid that I just don't fit with them anymore. And that's totally fine <laughs> if that happens someday. Uh, but I didn't want it to happen. So I was that's definitely like something that went through my own sort of anxious mind and that's something that we've also i know talked about in different ways um in in therapy as well um with our awesome therapist risha shout yeah. shout shout out I hope <laughs> um, she never listens to this podcast <laughs> she probably shouldn't <laughs> um, I, I think there would be a conflict of interest yeah i think she'd be like you're misrepresenting everything that i told you yeah, yeah. <laughs> we are not therapists <laughs> yeah so I don't know. It's and it's been like a frustrating, you know, I I know it's much more frustrating for them than it is for me, but in the sense of of people not respecting that decision. Um not a decision. Yeah. To, identity. Yes, that identity. Um, because it's such some it's something that um, you know, is, you know, we've talked about this, like, you know, I study Turkish, there's no gender in tur the Turkish language. So like, you know, like, like there's ways in which perfect human society perfectly functions without sort of gendered pronouns um, uh, in language. And some people are so resistant to that being even a possibility in English. And it's incredibly frustrating to see people not respect uh, people's, um, people's gender identity when they when they simply tell them like that's the thing you just it's it's not it's not about you know someone being you know picky or particular forcing you to do something it's about just respect about respect for someone else you know just like if i tell you you know my name is tyler 
my name is Tyler. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, um, producer Kate had a very good question. And basically when your partner is having a rough time, um, and going through like a depressive episode of some sort, how do you make sure that you also take care of yourself? Yeah. It, the, the main thing that sort of I've done is sort of reminding one of the things is reminding myself that it's okay for things not to be good for them and for me. <laughs> and uh, that is something that's been really hard to get to is being okay with that and being okay with the uncomfortableness of what's happening. Um, and to remind myself that this is not necessarily, you know, a reflection on all my being or my standing as a partner um, in a relationship that I haven't done X, Y, and Z. And there, and then, and then sort of like this weird thing is where, well, you're like focusing all on yourself. You're <laughs> like, well, I should have done this and that and that one really usually has nothing to do with you at all. Um, but one, one of the things that, you know, and this is something that I think it's easier for me to come to that when we're living in the same place as something that, uh, um, alluded to earlier was the year that I went on actually right after we got married, <laughs> right. Uh, when I went on my research year for my research for my dissertation. So I spent months away in India and Saudi and Turkey. And I remember particularly in Saudi, it's right after we had seen each other for the holidays, I'd gone back for research and I was in this, you know, horribly oppressive country, which I <laughs> very much dislike uh, doing research in. It's the area I study, but it's not a very great place to live, particularly Riyadh. And it's very isolating um, and it's very segregated. And at the same time, Odd was going through a very depressive state. So I was, they were like the one person I was really talking to every day and they wouldn't, you know, I could tell they're going through a really hard time and there wasn't really a good place for conversation, which then made it worse for me and made it worse for them. And it just sort of spiraled back and forth and it became extremely lonely. And I think that's something that I, you know, we're still working on is how, how do you, you know, it's, it's almost easier when you're in that space to sort of see the ways in which there's other things happening in their lives. There's other things that, you know, that's okay for not to be good. Uh, it's just hard to, cause I think in that case, it's almost what's happening that we're both getting very depressed at the same time in time zones apart and both became very isolated at the same time. And so it was hard to navigate out of that. Um, and, uh, you know, it mainly included me, uh, listening to music and dancing in my room by myself. Uh, but, um, <laughs> but like this is, it was, um, that was very hard. And I still don't know if I have an answer for like what to do, you know, as, I mean, as you know, professor knows how to navigate everything. Right. Yeah. Obviously. <laughs> I, I professor see, partner. I speak for all. Professor partner. <laughs> professor yeah. know-it-all. Yeah. Um, I think though that like a lot of what you brought up just like about, um, knowing that it's like not your fault has been a huge thing for the both of us, like establishing that um, it's sort of like a foundational level. Like I feel like it's been really well integrated now. Um, and so, you know, I've, I've really struggled with um, serious depression, like over the past couple of years. And um, it got to a really, really low point, like at the end of last year, um, and I was having a lot of like issues with like suicidal thoughts and things like that, but we had finally, 
I think something for me, it was learning about how to be vulnerable. And then a part of that was like being open about that and Tyler not taking that um, personally. Yeah. And that, that's something that was very hard to come to is one, not being like, oh, this is my fault. I didn't do this and that. And, you know, I had a very close friend in my undergrad who uh, took his own life. And so that was something that was very sensitive to me someone that was close to me that happened and I felt like I didn't do this and that I was away and um, I, you know, unfairly blame myself for different things. Um, and so being like, oh, this other person that I care about a lot is thinking that and not being like, they're just telling me it's, it's okay. Like we can work through this. It's not necessarily my fault. That's, you know, and that's, that's been an important space to get to and being like, it's okay not to be okay. And it's, important to just talk about these things rather than sort of bottle them up. I feel like a lot of what you are saying is that there's just a lot of talking between the two of you. There's a lot of communication and not just like, because like we can talk all the time and not really say much of anything. It's like purposeful communication of saying like, hey, this is how I'm feeling. This is what I need. This is what I don't need. Mm -hmm. And like, I, I mean, I'm privy to you two being together and like being in that space a lot of the time. Well, a lot of the time for me, it feels like because like I am really close friends with odd and I would say I'm really close friends with you, Tyler. Yes. Um, so like I, I'm just privy to seeing you two in that space, working and talking and communicating and just telling each other what you need. And I think that a lot of relationships we all know that communication is important, but we need to actually have functional and purposeful communication, which is a lot of times missing. And I think also it's, I know, I think with this like period of time that we keep referring to, which was like a rough patch for both of us, was like we were still communicating all the time, but we weren't talking about the right things, but also like not talking through the really hard things. So it's like about navigating that vulnerability for me because mm -hmm. I, I am really good at taking care of other people. Um, and Tyler's really good at taking care of me. And so learning about, um, not that you're not good at taking care of other people. I just meant in this conversation. Yeah, we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Um, he's really good at taking care of Ollie. He is. <laughs> <sighs> Our cat, shout out, shout out to Ollie shout the cat. Ollie. He's listening, he's listening right now. <laughs> um, and uh, I think that's the important thing. It's like navigating through that vulnerability and like really like mm -hmm. honestly having that, creating a space both on the receiving end, but also like on the end where you're talking. So like knowing that you're safe and then knowing that the person that's listening to you is gonna keep that safe space. Right. I think like, so, um, my parent and I recently got back from a business trip. And so like, it, not as long-term, but still something that like right now is still fresh in my mind is that over that time period where we were both away in completely separate states, when we did get onto the phone with each other, we were just telling each other about the day. Like we were communicating, but we weren't telling each other how we necessarily felt. Like we were just saying that we were tired or we missed each other, but we weren't really talking about the highs or low points. And because it's hard because it's like, you want to talk to that person and you want to feel good about talking to the person, but you, there's really something that needs to be said, but you don't really want to spoil that moment to say it. But sometimes you actually do need to say it mm -hmm. and it's hard to decide. 
am I going to say this now? And we're going to spend our entire conversation on the phone talking about this. Am I going to tell you this at the end? And now we're both going to be worried about it. Like, how do you bring this up in a conversation when you only get like 15 minutes on the phone? Yeah. And I think also like, and specifically in our like instance, like depression and anxiety are like really repetitive. Mm -hmm. It feels like at least in my experience. And it's like the same shit that I'm thinking about and dwelling on that's making me depressed or anxious. Right. And I, it felt like a waste of airtime to like talk about that. But it was thing, those were the things that were really impacting me. Right. And those are the things that needed to be talked about the most. But again, you only have so much airtime to talk to somebody that you love or even kind of like, like even if it's a friend, even if it's a a friend that you haven't seen in a while and like you're just trying to catch up and this is a person that like you suddenly feel you're in a safe space with to talk to about X, Y, Z. And it's just like, you only have so much time to get out everything that you want to say. And really that's not enough time at all. Yeah, exactly. So it's hard, you know, but communication has to be functional and purposeful as well as the lovey-dovey, I miss you stuff. And we're just yeah. really good at banter. Yeah. Or, yeah, or <laughs> list, listicles of our days. Yeah. I guess, when we're listicles. Like, <laughs> but like, so I did this and then I did that. Yeah, no, it, it's um, especially like I think I know when that time, that particular time when I was away for a long time, it mainly turned into like, Odd is depressed and doesn't want to go over how bad their day was each day. And then I just start listing things that I did because I want to be on the phone and I want to talk to someone. But then it's just like, it, you know, it wasn't productive. Um, and I think, you know, since, you know, since uh, we've been doing therapy together, we've, you know, emphasized this notion of sort of at least once a week, like sort of a very intentional, hey, we're going to just like check in on each other's feelings and be like, no, like, listing things just like check in and be very intentional about it because that's one of the things that I think for me was difficult because I'm very oblivious uh to signals <laughs> from other people <laughs> and so it it's um you know it was very important for for me to get like you know very clear messaging like this is what I need right now and then and then for me to learn to also say like this is what I need right now and then have it very like just like I just or be like, I just need to vent about this right now and like to sort of lay out those expectations because, you know, even though we've been with each other for nine years now, we, you know, we don't you you need those that signposting because, you know, no one's ever a mind reader because you can what? never actually be we in someone else's head a lot. <laughs> yeah. Chrissy yeah. yells at me a lot saying, you know, I can't read your mind. And I'm like, I know, but you should. And then I stomp around really <laughs> angrily. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I have to work on. That's really effective. We need to do that. <laughs> yeah. That sounds perfectly fine. Basically, what, what you're both telling me is that I need to go back to therapy. Yes, Got it. We, everyone has to do that. Uh, Odd is a huge proponent of therapy. It took a very long time for them to convince me because I had grown up in a very sort of mindset that like there's a stigma attached to it. Oh, you're only going when there's a serious problem. Or if you go, you're admitting there's a problem. And so like it it took me, it took me personally a long time, even though Odd had always been very open about going to therapy and the benefits of it, it was very much ingrained in my thinking that it's like, I can't do this, or like I can't afford it. And I think that's what helped us going together. It's like, oh, it, it's on odds insurance, which is much better than my horrible uh, Yale and like Yale health insurance that they <laughs> that they give us that. 
very restrictive. <laughs> Your grad student health my insurance. My grad student health insurance is not very good. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so what do you think has like been the most helpful um, tool or thing that you have learned? I mean, maybe from therapy or maybe just like in this this part of our relationship, like dealing with mental health issues. Or from odd. It's okay. They won't say it, but I will. <laughs> I I think, you know, I guess it's sort of cliche, but um, listening in a sense that like, so when growing up, especially when I was in high school, I was very proud of my, I was very quiet. I'm still quiet, but I was very quiet. And I took that as to mean like I was a very good listener. I was like very proud of myself in my internal head that like, Tyler, you are a great listener. And to like be in a relationship and then be like, oh, you're not like come to the realization and be like, no, Tyler, you are wrong. You listen to yourself and not other people. <laughs> and so like, so like to actually, after many years, finally just admit to myself, you're not a good listener. And to be like, be like, you have to like, you know, actively listen and be like, oh, Odd is saying this. Listen to it. <laughs> and like take that at face value. That that was a big hurdle for me because I had convinced myself, quiet little Tyler, he's a great listener. That was like part of my internal like identity, like because I think someone told me that in like middle school once. And I was like, OK, this is this <laughs> like, is me this now. Is me. <laughs> yeah. And so it was a big like personal hurdle to really sort of be OK with me not being good at that. And that doesn't reflect on me just being like like this constant worry that I have to deal with of just this concern that, oh, this and this means that I'm a bad partner and being concerned about, quote unquote, being a bad partner. And that's, you know, just something that I also have to be OK with. If I make a mistake, it's OK. And that's something that in all of life, that's something that I work on. But. Well, and we're married now. It's a lot harder to break up. It's very <laughs> it's, expensive. It's $200, $399. $399. There's a divorce um, advertisement. Uh, billboard right next to our apartment in Newark um, that we I always point to. We're like, oh, so expensive. Three ninety nine. Yeah, no, exactly. Plus court fees. Yeah, yeah. They, there's good discount. Come to Newark, get divorced. Their office is next to a bagel shop, so, so you know, yeah, you can get bagels while you're at it. Portuguese food. Portuguese food, divorce, bagels. Newark, New Jersey. That sounds like a great Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, there's a courthouse in town. Oh, there's dry cleaners too, right next dry to cleaners the, yeah. too. So you can dry clean your suit before you go to court. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a whole mm -hmm. it's a whole industry. Cottage industry. <laughs> yeah. That would be me. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We hope you guys enjoyed our conversation um, and made me learn a little bit. Uh, if you guys are interested in learning a little more about the topic or have any other ideas about we, what we should cover, you can send us an email at fraupillpodcast at gmail.com. Um, or you can always reach out on social media on Instagram and Facebook at Podcast. And as always, friends, go, go see, see a, a therapist. therapist.